Just because they look like they should be our friends does not mean that they are, okay? I feel like we've done this warning so many times, and yet it still needs to be said do not feed coyotes. There is a big problem happening with people trying to feed them and them becoming a lot more emboldened to approach and potentially be harmful to humans. So let's get the details right now with our guest, who's a professor of biological sciences at University of Alberta. Dr. Colleen Cassidy St. Clair is joining us. Dr. St. Clair, thanks so much for making the time. Oh, thank you, Chelsea. Thanks for having me. You know, I, I think that this is something that unfortunately just needs to be repeated once again. I always remember that rhetoric of if you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. That's not really the case anymore with coyotes. What's going on? Oh, you said it perfectly at the outset. Yeah, it does seem this just needs to be repeated, not to feed coyotes. Um, I grew up in the prairies, so I say it that way. But <laughs> Either is acceptable, uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, they're really good at taking advantage of people. They figure out that association super quickly. If they get food from people and then they start to associate people with food, they get bolder, they approach people, they become more aggressive, and ultimately they get, they get destroyed when they start showing that kind of behavior. So it isn't really doing them a favor in the long term. I would like to imagine that most people aren't doing this with any sort of, um, you know, ill ill intention. I think people probably think that they're helping. What are some of the reasons that, that you would imagine people are trying to go out of their way to feed coyotes or coyotes? Yeah, well, I, others have studied this more than I have. But what I've read in the literature is that... Um, uh, sometimes people do it because they just are not aware of what a bad idea it is and, and and the kinds of problems it tends to generate for coyotes and people. Sometimes people do it because they are kind of aware, but they, they, they feel a sort of exceptionalism. It, it won't happen in my case because I'm feeding the animal really good food. Mm. Or sometimes people are just, you know, they're lonely and they need to feel needed. And that's a really basic human need. And I always try to go a bit lightly on, on folks when that's the reason that they're feeding and, you know, help them understand there's there's much better ways to help animals than that one. But I think the pandemic has kind of increased that need in people. And uh, there's been more reports of feeding, not just in Edmonton, but uh, many places in Canada and the U.S. There's um, just an increased number of reports of people feeding coyotes. So that could have something to do with the COVID uh, pandemic and the loneliness it imposed on people. Yeah, and, and then- I... And they, mm. they look like dogs. I mean, they they look like they should be they should be friendly. So I think it's important to highlight that, you know, that this doesn't mean that people are bad or, you know, that we need to like wag our fingers at them. But it does really need to serve as a reminder because this can be really dangerous. Can you talk a little bit about how this could impact their survival? I mean, obviously, you just mentioned that if they become emboldened and they're a risk to people, they'll ultimately become destroyed. But how does feeding them affect their ability to hunt and gather in the wild for themselves? Yeah, great questions. Well, um, like all of us, they they will spend as little energy as possible to get their food. So if they've learned that they can get food for free from people instead of hunting it for themselves, they they will look for those opportunities. But sometimes people feed coyotes um, kind of crappy food. And sometimes they aren't even intending to do that. So one of the things we know coyotes eat a lot of in Edmonton is compost. And we've done some studies of compost, uh, taking core samples from it and looking at the the mycotoxins um, that grow in it, along with the, the fungus that just goes with food decomposition, and found that those are actually at really high levels, higher than is permitted by the federal government in animal feed. And the reason the government has these standards is because um, exposure to those mycotoxins 
toxins for livestock, for example, is known to degrade their immune systems. So that would be another more indirect way that feeding coyotes, especially if it takes the form of low-quality food, could be bad for them. It could degrade their immune systems and also affect their microbiome. That's another um, change that we've seen in urban coyotes. It just makes them a little less less fit, less able to survive. It might also affect their susceptibility to parasites. And uh, that's kind of newly concerning in Edmonton because there's a, a coyote tapeworm that's arrived fairly recently. It's called Conococcus multilacularis that people can get. There's been 21 Albertans now infected with this parasite. Oh, and, my God. Uh, yeah, it takes uh, quite a while to, to produce symptoms usually in people, 5 to 15 years, and uh, the parasite's only known, this particular strain of it has only been known in Canada since uh, uh, about 2013 was when the first person was detected, a dog was detected in 2009, so we might not even know yet how how prevalent it is. Okay, so how would you get it from a coyote then? How would that happen? And what would it do to a person? Well, it's a trophically transmitted parasite, which means that coyotes get it from their prey. They get it from mice that got it by eating vegetation that coyotes have pooped on. These eggs of the parasite are really tiny, microscopic actually. So the mice aren't intending to eat it. And a person who's, say, eating produce from a community garden that's frequented by coyotes wouldn't be intending to eat these eggs either. It would happen accidentally. The symptoms are kind of um, liver pain. In fact, sometimes, uh, there's one case in the news, people could look up in Edmonton with a woman who was diagnosed with liver cancer, and the and the headline is something like, the good news is, it's just a fatal parasite. Oh, fatal, if not God, treated, and whoa. not fatal if it is treated. So that's better than liver cancer. Um, wow. Yeah, that's a symptom, cysts in the liver. I want to talk a little bit more about what other risks they could present and what kind of dangers um, you could they they can kind of have for people. You know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine last night who was who was mentioning how he was out for a walk. He lives near a ravine and had these coyotes just surrounding him. So, what are what did their behaviors look like? What would be a situation that would be normal now, given what we've done to them after feeding them? Yeah. Well, there's three ways that feeding them could change their behavior. The first one is that that one I mentioned earlier, that they just make an association with people and they start to approach them expecting to get food and sometimes acting really aggressively. And this has been shown in all the carnivores around the world. If carnivores, wolves or bears or uh, any of the cat family are fed by people, they develop this behavior. Uh, But the second way that this could happen is if people are feeding them, say, by leaving food for them and they don't directly associate the the person themselves with the food, but maybe the location, they might get very territorial around that that stash of high-quality food and very aggressive towards people and dogs that are nearby. And the third way is these changes that I kind of mentioned briefly to the microbiome um, this is a bit speculative, but work we did a few years ago, this was led by Scott Sugden, showed that some of the changes that happen to the gut microbiome can actually cause changes in behavior. This is well known in dogs and people and quite a few other species. So when they lose particular kinds of microbes and gain other kinds of microbes because they're eating uh, human types of food, they might actually become more aggressive because of that. 
Okay, doctor, I have a few more questions about this. What can people do? What do you? How do you handle situations with your pets? Could we be unintentionally feeding them by just putting our garbage out on the curb? What do people need to know? But we do have to take just a very short break. So I'm hoping that you'll stick around on hold. We'll come right back into this conversation. Experts now warning against feeding urban coyotes. What do you need to know to keep yourself and your pets safe? Our guest is a professor of biological sciences at the University of Alberta, Dr. Colleen Cassidy St. Clair. We'll be right back in three minutes. Okay, we're talking about coyotes and how they are becoming very brave and very dangerous. What can we do about it? Our guest is a professor of biological sciences at the University of Alberta, Dr. Colleen Cassidy St. Clair. Uh, Doc, thank you so much for sticking around on hold. Really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. I think that there's uh, just some more that we probably need to know in order to keep ourselves safe. If uh, if we do find ourselves in a situation where there are coyotes maybe uh, near us, approaching us in the river valley, what do people need to know to make sure that they keep themselves safe? Yeah, well, number one thing is don't feed coyotes and don't let your neighbors do it either. <laughs> and you mentioned that already, keep that garbage contained. And I mentioned how much they like compost. But people don't realize how much of some other things they eat. Uh, fruit in particular, they eat a ton of that in the fall and winter. So fruit trees attract coyotes. They even are sometimes seen climbing them. And bird seed. Um, another student, Sage Raymond, found bird seed in one third of the coyote scats that she examined um, in the location between where houses back on the ravine and the ravine itself. And that kind of ecotone, if you will, that's where she found that coyotes were eating a ton of bird seed. Uh-oh. So all those things can attract coyotes into neighborhoods and and getting rid of it is the best way to minimize conflict. But then there's a few things you can do to protect your pets as well. So should we should we not be having things like bird feeders? Could that be inadvertently feeding them, just get rid of them entirely? Yeah, bird feeders that are spilling feed onto the ground, which all bird seed, okay. all, all bird feeders pretty much do, especially if they're visited by house sparrows, because house sparrows are just such messy birds. Um, <laughs> when they spill the seed onto the ground, um, that's where the coyotes can get it. And of course, it attracts rodents as well, which also attracts coyotes. But there's a solution to that. You can get a, a thing called a seed hoop, and you can hang that from your feeder clean it periodically and and get rid of that problem and still enjoy watching the birds. Okay, what about your pets? A lot of people worried about uh, cats and small dogs. What do you do? Yeah, well, cats, the number one thing is don't let them outside, or if they just have to go outside, make a catio for them. Uh, a few years ago, I analyzed a bunch of cats, cat carcasses, that was, that oh. were, uh, <laughs> yeah. What did that you have to do? Oh, my God. Oh, well, it was mostly done by Nick Nation, a, a veterinary pathologist, but I can say that from my uh, pouring over these photos with Nick, cats do not meet a very pleasant end at the paws of coyotes so uh, keep them keep them well protected dogs too keep them on a leash big dogs can attract coyotes uh that especially during the denning season when they're raising their pups um because coyotes are afraid the dogs are going to eat their pups and uh you know some dogs probably would do that if they got the chance so big dogs can attract quite a lot of aggression from coyotes uh, but so can small dogs coyotes are a little more likely to to treat them as prey so you can keep your dog on a leash when you're out and about and in your yard you can put up a taller fence if you don't have a very tall fence there's a couple modifications you can make to make your fence harder for coyotes to jump over one is called a coyote roller you could search that up on the internet there's some do-it-yourself plans for those they keep a coyote from getting purchased on the top of a fence and another is just a, a really ancient technique called fladry it's just a string or a rope with flagging tied to it 
that blows in the wind and that is weirdly frightening to, to lots of animals, coyotes including. <laughs> okay, so sort of like a, a makeshift scarecrow then, but for coyotes. Yeah, yeah, kind of a makeshift uh, fence-like scarecrow. Okay, one more question for you, and then I promise I will let you go. We've taken so much of your time now. Um, are there times of day that people need to be really aware of? When are they out, and when could they be dangerous? Yeah, we do see a time of day effect. Coyotes are naturally what's known as crepuscular, most active around sunrise and sunset. And so if you're out in the river valley at those times in particular, it it makes sense to just keep your wits about you a little bit more. And at any time of day, if you're worried about um, your safety or the safety of your pets or even your child from coyotes, carry something to throw or a stick or a hiking pole that you could use to fend off a coyote if it approached you. That's kind of unlikely. But just having that device makes most people feel a little bit more confident. Mm -hmm. And we did a little experiment a couple years ago where we trained up a bunch of community volunteers to throw weighted tennis balls at coyotes that let them get close to them. The coyotes let people get close. And it was super effective. This work was led by Gabrielle Lajeunesse. So that's that's a few of the things people can do to feel and actually be a little more safe around coyotes. Okay, doctor, thank you so much for all of the great information. Really appreciate your time this afternoon. You're welcome, Chelsea. Thanks for your interest. Of course. Take care. That's Dr. Colleen, excuse me, Dr. Colleen Cassidy St. Clair, Professor of Biological Sciences at the University of Alberta. So, okay, I feel like we all just learned a lot about coyotes and their behavior. Uh, Do not feed them and don't let your cats go outside. Uh, That is going to be something that I will not do no matter how much mine cries at the door because I don't like the sound of that ending.